Don't be like that, Ross. It's always a good time when you get to do an episode of Late Night Party Boys. I'm just breaking the ice. Okay. It's a very dark way to break the I'm ice. Break, I, it's just real. Yeah. Don't people want real? Yeah. Well, no. they say they want real, but they don't really. Uh, they, don't want, they don't want real real. They don't want to be hit with... Uh, is this going to be a flow-on episode from last week's SADS I special? Think I think it's going to be a sequel. It's going to be a sequel for the SADS? But, like, um... It's going to be a good one? Or is it going to be a bad one? It's going to be like Top Gun, where it's surprisingly good. Okay. Apparently it's Apparently it's surprisingly good. Sequel. I heard people clapped afterwards. I'm like, what is this? We this didn't isn't waste a, our time. This is... <laughs> yeah, they're like, a sequel that didn't disappoint us. Bravo, bravo. Yeah. I mean, that... I mean... I mean, that's that's really where the bar is for sequels, isn't it? Like, you just expect your nostalgia and childhood memories just to be shat on for the sake of box office cash. You just hope it isn't the same movie, but set in Thailand. (laughs) This sounds like it's a real personal... Like, slight. Like, sounds like you really loved a movie, and they set it in Thailand, and then you fell out of love with it. When they made The Hangover, I was promised free trilogy, a free two-sequel trilogy that would have brought the whole story together. But the second one, they just go to Thailand. Well... Ross was actually promised the role of Zach Galifianakis, the actor. Um, for, not his character, but not, the actual Yeah, the, the actual act- actor, the because actual he was going to be tied up in the next 50 Hangover films. Um, Ross was going to take over his life, live in his house, um, play the role of lover to his wife and father to his kids. It was the role of a lifetime, and he got deprived of that. Um, and maybe that's why I hate my life. He could have been... A stunt double, living in the Hollywood Hills, playing the role of suburban dad. Zach, Zach Gala, Zach, Zach Gala, Zach Gala. <coughs> Jesus. My reflux is weird lately. What have you been eating? I don't know. What's your diet like? Not good. How, uh, like how not good? <laughs> I wake up in the morning. Yep. I eat food. Yep. Go to sleep. Yep. Get up for lunch. Yep. Eat food. Okay. So you're getting a lot of naps. (laughs) At least you're well rested. (laughs) I'm not. I sleep too much. 
Oh, you're in that phase. Mm. Well, um, what is there to do when you hate your wife? Don't do it, Ross. What is that laugh? <laughs> Man, I'm always tired when I do these podcasts. Well, we've had we got to we got to have some uplifting content, you know. Like we had, you had you had with chicken diseases and palm brain. <laughs> then we had seasonal affective disorder. Um, and now we we can't have another sad episode. We'll lose them. We'll lose our loyal listeners. Oh, we just get a bunch of emos on board. Mm. Remember when we tried to do that sketch, Goth Radio? That was not a hit. <laughs> People hated it. People really hated it. Yeah. Should we explain what it is for listeners who um, don't know what Goth Radio is? Okay, fine. The, the sketch that got canned after... I mean, it didn't help. Oh, this is so dark. Ah. Uh, was we we were two breakfast radio hosts, and we were goths. And the thing about breakfast radio is, somehow they pitch auto pitch tune something or other everyone's voice to sound happy in the morning. I don't know how they make people sound happy in the morning. Frankly, I don't want to know. It's meant to be bright and sunny, and everyone's happy, and everyone's getting along. No one's happy in the morning, Ross. Exactly. People are on the drive to their to to, to their office. And we were like, well, what if we did the inverse of that? And it's goths. And it's like goths ho- hosting a breakfast radio the show. most low-energy, depressed people but they, ever. Yeah, but they have still breakfast radio competitions, such as Neck Yourself for a Hyundai. The 10th caller wins. And we had a caller want to participate in this competition. Yeah, very eager. And he did so by hanging himself. And yeah. his wife and... Child witnessed him necking himself, and it was very graphic audio it, prediction. It, it, it dragged it. on. It did, which is part of the tension and comedy of it, or part of the tragedy. Clearly, it was too much of a tragedy. Yeah. Even though we thought it was funny that this guy wasn't, you know, ending his life because he was depressed or something, he was doing it to win a prize on a breakfast radio. Yeah, he was doing it to win a Hyundai. Yeah, we thought, oh, that's ludicrous. Yeah, that's so insane. We but thought clearly, the absurdity of it. Clearly not ludicrous enough for people. It wasn't so far removed that the audience didn't think, that could have happened to me. That's not funny. So, there you go. Well, that's nothing funny about traumatizing a child. I was a child and I was traumatized. Well, that's not funny. But the idea of, I don't know, you just have those callers that are so excited, you know, to win, I don't know, maybe. To win nothing. To win, to win essentially nothing. Win Sometimes nothing. it's as little as like like a ticket to their radio show hosted rooftop event exclusive and they just get, they just get some, some terrible artist just to play a couple of covers of their songs half-heartedly. Twenty cunts and then they leave. But these people, they'll sit by their phones all day and try to be, you know, try to get the secret sound answer quiz question to, to win these things. We thought, we thought that th- was enough of a hook. This is funny because it's the complete inverse and it's so ludicrous. But clearly, 
we dwelled, I guess we dwelled in the awkwardness for too long. Yeah. And it's such an awkward and volatile subject already. Yeah. It wasn't abstract enough, maybe. Yeah, and we misread the situation. So we, we had to can goth radio. It saw the stage three times. Two, once two, at the, two once, or three times. Once at that art party. Oh, yes. And we were told, oh, way to do that sketch in Fitzroy. <laughs> um, one guy really loved it. And came up to us afterwards raving it, raving about it. But, uh, yeah. Granted, I've done stuff involving suicide since. But I think it's quicker and doesn't dwell on that for too long. And a a fictional kid doesn't witness it, so that helps. A fictional kid doesn't witness it, yes. It's a hard subject to navigate for comedy. But there's a lot of tension there. So maybe it's rife. Who knows? Uh, I don't think... I don't think I can... Uh, uh, can we deal with it in a sensitive manner that's so absurd that it becomes hilarious? I say yes. But what would I know? I've, done, I've dealt with suicide ideation. Mm. You know? Mm. Does that mean I'm allowed to joke about it? I mean, comedy's meant to come from a place of truth. So... Possibly... Well, it is interesting what sets people off, what makes people uncomfortable, and what mm. doesn't. Yeah. Probably didn't help the second time we performed it. The second time we performed That it, was out of our control. Look, we can't always... Know exactly what's going on in the audience's life. And that's the thing. See, if you've been hit by it recently, yeah, nothing about this is going to be funny. Like, it's too close and personal. Well, even so, we st- I still think, again... It can but, be absurd enough that they context can... But yeah. context of it, I'm, st- I'm still arguing for it. Uh, you're very pro it. Like, I mean, uh, look, I think there's a way of doing it where yeah, it's still... Yeah. I just think the context of it, it's someone doing it for a competition. Yeah. If it was... I thought it would be worse if it was someone who was, like, genuinely unhappy. Oh, of course. I mean, the context of it is so absurd and removed. I mean, we can see that because we're master craftsmen, Ross Clearly, clearly. Clearly. I mean, we're on the up and up. And, uh, I mean, like, yeah, there's a way to do it. But just, I mean, right. it became easier just to cut it in the end. Like we, It became easier to cut it. Probably had a, because yeah. it was so low energy to begin with yeah. and awkward and, and we're it the, all added together. We're the party boys, you know, we can't be all... Low energy. We've got to be up in your face. We've got to be high energy all the time because yeah. people like adults love seeing shows that are like kids shows, but for adults, yeah, because they're dumb fucks. Pretty much, pretty much. I think the moral of the story is people hate thinking. That's the moral of most of our stories. I feel you don't want to think too much. It'll ruin the fun. I feel like we've kept te- we kept teetering at it, but never fully explaining. Oh, what happened that the, second time? The opening night at yeah. Adelaide Fringe, a group of artists came, and someone who was a, like a friend of pe- some people in the community had taken their own life, like, and they only heard about it just like yeah, that like, day or, yeah, like, or, or night before, like or probably something. ten minutes before our show. Yeah, yeah. Like, I and, think I think they probably got the news in the middle of our show, the way they reacted. Felt like it. Yeah, that's what it felt like. Felt like with us doing that sketch, 
they witnessed it all over again. Not even they didn't even witness it, but you know what I mean. But there were it artists. Hit them. But there were artists that we knew. Oh, so they weren't offside for too long. Yeah. You know, comedies and art is meant to take risks. You sometimes don't nail it. If you can win them back. Which we did. They did say, yeah, we hated you for a good five minutes. But then by the end, like, we couldn't hate you anymore. So that was good. At least it has range. Exactly. Who wants to be, like, likable 100% of the time, all the time, anyway? Isn't it... Isn't it, like, a little funny? Isn't it a little funny to be a bit antagonistic towards an audience? Oh, definitely. Because it's the complete opposite of what you expect. I mean, you have your... Yeah, you have your... Your extremes. Like, you don't want to go full Oshka on them. (laughs) Unless you are Oshka. Unless you are Oshka, and and then it's an art. People just look at you and go, I can't take this guy seriously. (laughs) Yeah, it looks so insane, but he's a master of... Yeah. Getting people offside and then sometimes winning them back. But there is an art to that. We haven't mastered it. But uh, not completely, but we know we have our Yeah, we we have our moments. Um anyway. I feel like when I go dark and antagonistic, it's often laid in so much abstract absurdity. Hmm. What happens when you go light? What does the, uh, the happy, joy-filled Ross Purdy bit look like? Have you constructed one? I mean, you name one thing I've done that isn't happy and joy-filled. Um, I've done a couple of things. I mean, I guess like... Yeah. Have we done any? Sure. Stuff like Forrest Gimp isn't like. Oh, yeah, that's just silly. That's just silly. That's silly and fun. I mean, like, what are we talking about here? Stuff that's dark or stuff that's... I don't know. I don't even... Puts the audience offside. Yeah, I guess it's something that has that, you know, that edge or, like, that, you know, that people could love or hate you for this kind of thing, you know? I mean, making someone hold a raw kidney... That's, the that's thing, just de- more silly. That's the thing. Depending and on gross. The, depending on the audience. Yeah. I mean, stuff like Jeffrey Tan is a, I think, a good standby for us. Mm. A good, a good standard. Yeah, I think that's the word I was looking for. Yeah. Yeah, comedy. It's so hard. Comedy's so hard. easy. Dying via your own means. It's easy. <laughs> Both Making people easy laugh things. at that is even harder. It's very hard. Yeah, you don't want to do that. Yeah. I had a suicide bit in my nominated show. I, don't, I think it was zipped by so fast people didn't necessarily pick up. I mean, there's a lot of content in that. I'm sure people, there's a lot of things that they, they just like went over their head. Although I argue that it's actually there is a satirical point about what we're okay with doing to our bodies versus not. Mm. Like how eating fast food is slowly killing ourselves, but that's okay. Yeah, it's that was gradual. That, that was generally that was generally the bit. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. So at least I got that whole it's satire thing to stand by. 
Yeah, imagine if you had to go to comedy court and defend your decisions. Take the stand. Explain your jokes. You almost have to sometimes. Didn't Highlander try doing something like that? Oh, really? Comedy tribunal or something. Um, he did it once. Well, that's the thing, right? These days... Yeah, bunch of com- getting a bunch of comedians together to be judgy. <laughs> it's a very hard thing to do. Yeah, well, a lot of us are very accepting... Very supportive environment. There's no clicks whatsoever. We're very good at saying we're supportive. That's true. It's a very good community of saying that they're a supportive community. You know what? I think today's going to be a very inside baseball episode. But yeah. you know what? Possibly better than being sad. Some people will want, you know, people like this. Yeah. 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 You know? You just, you just, know. just go where the ebbs and flows go. Yeah. There's a uh... yeah. I did a few few gigs on the weekend. They're actually pretty good, so I was pretty pretty happy with them. Um, that's always nice. Well, when you're happy with them, that's great. The last couple of gigs gigs I've did, I hated them. Swings and roundabouts. You'll come back. You'll win them back, Purdy. Well, as we all know, when I lose an audience. <laughs> It's um, other comedians stand there with their arms crossed, going, oh, "I'm not gonna put him on my lineup. I need to put on, I need to put on, uh, Joey likable and reliable." Nah, Joey likable and reliable only gets those gigs because he writes for a project. <laughs> what do you think of Joey likable and reliable? Well, look, he's reliable. I guess people like him. Yeah. Not me personally. I care not for him. Well, that's the thing about likability. It's It's subjective. Yeah, and it's always you like it. You don't love it, you know? I want to be something that's loved. That's my goal, Purdy. I want to be loved. I mean, that's the goal of every performer, ultimately, right? It should be. We all just want to be loved. I mean, your goal is just to upset people, I guess, and make well, them... Well, that's the like, thing. cackle with absurd hilarity. I want, I want people to love it. Yeah. I want... I'm I think you, my, have, you have a good amount of people that love your stuff, though. I'm getting on my high horse now. Yeah, okay. I'm not, I'm not all fuck you to the audience. <laughs> Even if, yes, it seems like that, and... But... You just fuck you to the people who don't understand you. Thank you. Or don't under like or, or don't, or aren't or, smart or, enough to try even, to. Well, yeah, not even trying to. Yeah, not even wanting to try and engage. Oh look, it. I get that. That's why I love you, Purdy. But I've also seen what happens when they don't understand. <laughs> if anything, like they don't even hate your comedy. They, I think deep down they hate themselves for not being smart enough to understand what the hell's going on. Well, that's like that one woman on opening night who said, speak English. And you'd been speaking English the whole time. She was just drunk off. She was brain dead. She was drunkly <laughs> yeah. brain dead. Yeah, but also. Look, is there a stylized way I write dialogue? Yes. Yes. That could be hard to understand. The whole point of it, that it's almost bordering on indecipherable sometimes. Mm. Yes. So, do you need to be at least a little bit sober to try and make your way through it? Yes. 
Well, then why do you put the goddamn show on so late, Ross? No one's sober at 11pm. <laughs> this poor woman gets ferried into this comedy show, thinks someone's just going to ask her what she does for work, and that's a shit job. I bet she gets to say, I'm a trust fund baby. <laughs> I'm a trust fund baby. Is that what she said? I'm just imagining what she would say. <laughs> She just straight away go for her financial position and means. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> it's like it's like like an audience should be like a military. They they state their name and rank in society. That's a lot like what open mics are like. Oh really? Yeah, I guess I guess so. Hey, what do you do? You better fucking do something that's societally acceptable. I'm a nurse. Oh, and you're a man. <laughs> Masculinity <laughs> You ain't got it <laughs> I wanted to be a nurse I care for people I didn't want the stress of being a you doctor You care for people I just wanted the hands on element And the relationship Homophobic F word I just wanted See instead of actually saying the homophobic F word As that <laughs> type of person would say I, I have to strip away all All punch All punch and just you know Just so <laughs> everyone knows That type of person would say that word but Ross Purdy wouldn't. I wouldn't say it, though. He's better than that. But because if I'm playing that character, people would just assume... That that's what he would do. But that's what I would do, even though I'm clearly playing mm. a character of someone who is not me. Yeah. Sometimes people can't blur the lines or can't see where the lines are. I mean, I think you should be able to say anything in a character... If the character's straight up absurd and no one could possibly believe that that is a normal person. You gotta ride the wave of like being yeah. thoughtful and, and, you know. You know, so a lot of people just say these things and they don't think about it. They just, you have to think about it. You gotta know the weight of it. Mm. So what do you do for work? <sighs> I'm a pizza delivery guy. Oh yeah, bet you, you, you bang a lot of people. Not at all. What, you deliver the hot slice and they always just have paid for it online already? Yeah, you know, like 98% of the time, yes. They never, like, how am I going to pay for this? And you just, you get your dick in that pizza box. No. Have you ever thought of just putting your dick in that pizza no, box? not at all. Not even like, yeah, yeah, yeah thank you, for, here's your delivery and also here's the tip and then opening up the box and just having your cock in the box? No, not at all. Why have you never done that? that? Why Only one him? time have I gotten one time. <laughs> I didn't put my dick in a, in a pizza box. <laughs> Only one time did I go to the door and they hadn't paid it and the person who answered it was a woman in her bra and underwear and I'm thinking, is this going to happen? But then it didn't happen. They just paid me like normal. Oh, okay. Well, that's that's like such a setup. Didn't you even try put your dick in the box and say, "Did you order extra sausage?" Well, they would have just said, "No, I didn't order extra sausage," and I would have been like, "Sorry, ma'am." I would have had to have gotten my dick out of the pizza box. I <laughs> uh, just want so you know, I was I put it in there as a way of like, you know, putting myself out there by saying I wish to have intercourse with you. I, I'm I a, think you're attractive I'm poor at communicating And this is the only way I thought Would be an icebreaker But in hindsight It's just very unhygienic And I've ruined your pizza <laughs> Look Would it be easier If I just went up to you And said Hey I think you're attractive 
do you want to make out? Do you want to do things? But then that would have made everything awkward. That would have made it very awkward. So it was just easier to do something so extreme. Yeah, sometimes you just see a, a, a dick covered in tomato paste and you're like, you know what, I do want to bang this guy. Ross's truth corner time. <laughs> That's how people actually think. I mean, when presented with a very clear invite. I mean, You can't just go up to someone and say, I think you're attractive. But also, these people aren't smart enough, so they do do stupid things like put their dick in a pizza box. <laughs> it's like, well, you know, it's the worst thing that could happen. They chopped my dick off because they didn't see it was a dick. And well, the worst thing is you become a sex pest and you're put in jail for having a, putting, a, putting your dick in someone's meal. That's, that's probably... And then you have to knock on all the doors of your neighbours and being like, I'm a registered... Do we do that in Australia? Is that, that that's Australia. a very American thing, isn't that's it? That's American. It's Megan's Law, baby. Is it? I don't know what Megan's Law is. I know it's something to do with sex offending. Yeah. But that, they really have to go around, knock on each door, and be like, hey. Like, I feel near a school or something, I think. Oh. But they can't move in. The, I don't know what it is. Gotta look that up. But it's such a thing, like, I just... I guess I watched too much American TV. I just thought it was a thing that happened. Too much SVU. Uh, is that what happens in too that? Too much SVU, my brother, man. Well, it's the special victims unit. Yeah. And what's more special? I'm not going to finish that for <laughs> <laughs> I'll let... I'll let... I'll just let... The tension was enough. I'll get you the paintbrush and you can... You can stroke your own... Whatever you need a stroke to yeah. get the comedy job done till you blow your ha-has. See, what I did was <laughs> I put the weapon out there, but it's up to the audience whether or not they want to use it or not. Yeah. It's what Ricky Gervais doesn't understand. Mm. If he just went up there and said, here's what I thought, think about trans people, but then didn't, doesn't finish the sentence, it's really then based up to our own biases, right? Mm. What, yeah, what's in his new special? I haven't watched it. Uh, what does he do? What's the outrage? Um, he's slandering trans as well. Oh, he's getting on that Dave Chappelle train of slandering trans uh, people. I don't know. I mean, just like how... I mean, sure, it's a hot topic, but... How, in, how much effect does it have on any of their lives dealing with any of these issues? Aside from the fact they're just in the media, you know? It's like, I mean, I don't know. Who knows? Well, you know, sometimes I look at someone and I call them a he, but they're actually a she, and then they point that out, and I feel really uncomfortable for, like, a minute. Mm. And I want that discomfort to stop. And that's the extent of their experience with trans people probably and i want to say that that's not me saying ross purdy that's a character i know it's the character of ross purdy ross purdy is a character and matthew allen is a real man right i'm the real man yes we still doing that bit (laughs) i don't think so that's very inside baseball it's from my show it's Mm. from my award nominated show this guy won a fucking 
Nomination. Nomination. He won a nomination. I won the nomination. He won it. I didn't it. win the award. But he did won, not win the award. I won the nomination. You won the Ashy. Yes, I took a photo with an ashtray that was just dormant. <laughs> it was an active ashtray. I saw someone put a cigarette out in it, like, just five minutes earlier before I handed it to you. It was not a dormant ashtray. Susan Brodman put a cigarette in that ashtray, and I think, well... <laughs> did you say ashtray? She put it in the ashtray, yes. <laughs> the people who got the ass end of the nominations. So I grabbed it, thinking, <clears throat> if I touch what Susan Proven's touched... That means next year, I'll be the only act on the festival club every night. (laughs) That's ambitious. There's Ross Purdy in 10 different venues. Just every FMV, every time slot. (laughs) I will have to do like a bunch of videos. You'll just live stream your one show <laughs> to, different to every venue. But it's advertised as different acts. So if someone wants to see um if someone wants to see Dave Hughes, mm. um, they'll go to the Princess Theatre and then they'll just see it like a TV <laughs> with my act playing. It'd be great if Dave Hughes still was playing there and had to perform in front of your video. <laughs> like, what what's this? <laughs> Why is there this video there? Oh yeah, I don't know about what he said about the, the about um. I didn't understand any of that, to be honest. Yeah. So COVID vaccines, I don't trust them. Is that a what? Is that an original Husey bit? It is an original Husey bit. Yeah, he was pretty angry during the lockdowns. <laughs> he was he was tweeting a lot, wasn't he? He uh, he got a little cuckoo. Didn't we uh, all? About COVID. Well, you know, we all went cuckoo, but none of us were, were like, most of us, mm. we, me and you weren't, oh. I don't trust these vaccines. Oh, yeah. Mind you, by my, I was, my, my delirium, I was like, ah, do anything, do anything to get out. Yeah, stick me with the Stick me with duck. all, I'll, yeah, anything, just fuck, take a, take my leg, just let me out the house. Whatever it takes for science. Yeah, it was pretty dire. But we're back. We're back and I hate my life. Yeah, I know you don't. Nah, you don't. It's all looking up from here, Purdy. It's all looking up, baby. It's just boring and nothing's happening. It's winter. I just hate my life. It's all looking up from here, Purdy. You ever bite your tongue so much you give yourself a headache? No. Well, you don't, because you're always complaining to me about things you don't like. It's true. I'm but just I'm a, a raw I'm, nerve. I'm, I'm a bit more... Don't bottle it up. <laughs> well, what else am I supposed to do, man? Just, just yell at someone every once in a while. Yell at someone below me. Yeah. Who's below me? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe Tiny Tiny Tim. We'll just go to a kindergarten. <laughs> just fucking yell at some kids. Hey kids, you got the whole <laughs> life ahead of you, you fucks. Just give them unsolicited advice. Just yell through the fence, being like You'll be like me one day. Live it up. Eat your sandwiches and You're never gonna nap leave time. home. Yeah, you think I I'm never gonna leave home. 
He's saving that that money. My old mum's gonna be on a dialysis machine soon. Oh Jesus! And she needs someone to drive her to the hospital, and it looks like I'm gonna have to do it. Hmm. Yeah. We're back to being sad now. <laughs> well, that's just life. It's ups and downs. Ups and downs. Well, I think we've ex- we've learned a lot today about the industry. I'm working in health insurance, so I think I just got myself an extra sale. <laughs> I think that's what I learned today. <laughs> you think you think you think you think, <laughs> you think the Purdies have health insurance? <laughs> Now dialysis is life or death You just go public for that You don't need it You're fine baby So we learned a bit about health insurance We learned a bit about What you can and can't do in comedy Which is everything am I right? Or it's nothing Depending on what you think It's all or nothing See Could be something What I do is I play both sides So I'm always on top you want to, you want to have them offside and onside simultaneously and leave them confused. The, yeah, and that's the Ross Purdy method. That's the Ross Purdy method, and, and there is a method to my madness. There is, there is. Go out and see one of his shows. Support him. Support the little support, guys. Support everyone. And, support the little guys, literally and figuratively. Yeah, we we're both very short in stature. Come down, watch a show at the Improv Pit. Um, have a laugh. And uh, we're, we're going to be getting a show up pretty soon. We're planning it. So if you're in Melbourne, if you're Melbourne-based, keep an eye out on all the socials for that. Other than that, thank you for tuning in. I love life again.